We've been looking at the book of James, and a few weeks ago we looked at James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ from James 1.1. And um, in that message we, we pointed out that throughout the New Testament, all God's people are called slaves. That's the term that's used, doulos, a slave. Many translations put servant, but it means more than that. It means we're a slave of Jesus. Then uh, last Lord's Day we looked at some days are diamonds and some days are stones. And that in the Christian life we can have some real hard times. And so James writes in James chapter 1 verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And you let perseverance have its perfect work, that you might be complete, mature, not lacking anything. And that was last Lord's Day. And today, in 20, 29 minutes or less, we're going to look at the doctrine of perseverance. Years ago, in Boise, Idaho, where Patty and I lived, um, there was a pastor who was, in a sense, the real spiritual leader of the whole Treasure Valley. He was a, a prominent preacher. And he was a great evangelist, he was a gifted leader, he was a true shepherd of his flock. He was just one of those guys that was multi-gifted. He would often be invited to small churches uh, in the mountains of Idaho and uh, hold an evangelistic meeting. Or he was often invited to speak at high school graduations throughout the state or to share the gospel at some banquet. He was even invited by Billy Graham to attend some of the Billy Graham Crusades throughout the world and be one of the leaders there at the Billy Graham Crusade. And his wife, his children, they, they loved the Lord. Um, they supported their husband and father in the ministry. Uh, this guy was greatly used of God. But one day, this pastor completely turned away from Jesus Christ. He would not listen to the appeals of his church. He would not listen to the appeals of his family. He would not listen to the appeals of his friends to come back to the faith he once so boldly professed. He hardened his heart against God and eventually died of a heart attack unrepentant. Will he be in the kingdom of God? He started the race, but he didn't finish the race. One day Jesus told a parable, a story to illustrate a spiritual truth. And we call it the parable of the sower. And you find it in Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 5, where Jesus said, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. But some fell on rock. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up 
with it and, and choked the plants and still other seed fell on good soil. And it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. And then Jesus interpreted that parable for us in Luke chapter 8 and verse 11. He said, now this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who, who hear. And then the devil comes. And he takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And, and those on the rock, they're the ones who receive the word with joy. They're excited about it. But they have no root. They believe for a while. But in a time of what? Testing. They fall away. And the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries and riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those who with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, they retain it. And by persevering, they produce a crop. You see, the scriptures teach that it's not enough to joyfully and readily embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not enough to start the race. You must finish the race as well. You must persevere in your faith. You must believe and keep on believing. You must trust Christ and, and keep on trusting Christ. And that doctrine is called <clears throat> the doctrine of perseverance. And it's one of the most oft-repeated doctrines in the New Testament. You'll find it taught in dozens of passages of Scripture. You find it taught in the Gospels. You find it taught in the Epistles. You find it taught in the Revelation the last book of the New Testament. The doctor of perseverance teaches that only he who believes and continues to believe, only he who trusts Christ and then continues to trust Christ, only he who embraces the gospel of Jesus Christ and remains loyal to Jesus Christ will ultimately be saved. Too many times we see folks profess Christ and, and there are changes that do take place in their lives. And they're not the people they used to be. But then something happens. There's a crisis of faith. Trouble comes. They're, they're disappointed with God or they're offended by another believer. But for whatever reason, they actually, they turn away from the faith. They no longer profess faith in Christ, and we never see Him again. I'm sure you've seen it happen, and so have I. But the Scriptures teach that only he who believes and continues to believe, and only he who trusts and continues to trust, 
Only he who begins and finishes the race shall be saved. Now let me show you from scriptures the evidences of this doctrine of perseverance. We're going to look at eight passages of the scripture. The first, taught in the Gospels. Matthew chapter 10. Jesus is sending his 12 disciples out, two by two, to minister in the surrounding area. And he tells them this. All men will hate you because of me. But he who stands firm to the end will be what? Say. He who stands firm to the end, he who believes and keeps on believing, he who trusts Christ and continues to trust Christ, will be saved. That's the doctrine of perseverance. Now, John 3.16 says the same thing, but you don't always pick it up in the English text. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now that word believes in the Greek language is in the present tense. And the present tense is like a movie. It's continuous action. It's not a one-time event. It's a continuous action. So that literally it reads, whosoever believes in him and keeps on believing. Whoever trusts in Him and keeps on trusting. Whoever commits themselves to Christ and continues to commit themselves to Christ shall not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. That's the doctrine of perseverance. It's taught in the Gospels. It's taught in the Epistles. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul defines for us what the Gospel of Jesus Christ is in verses 3 to 11. And then in verses 12 to the end of the chapter, he talks about the significance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to the gospel. But in the opening two verses of 1 Corinthians 15, he says this, Now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if, and here's the perseverance part, by this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. You've got to hold on to the word of God. In Colossians chapter 1 verses 20 and 21 and 22 and 23, Paul says this, once you are alienated from God and you are enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now Christ has reconciled to you. By now, excuse me, but now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, how does God see you? He sees you holy in His sight. Why? Because Christ took all the sin. Christ took all the guilt. Christ took all the penalty. When you put your faith in Christ, God sees you holy in His sight. 
without blemish and free from accusation. God will never point his finger at you at judgment and accuse you of sin because his son, Jesus, took it all. Amen. What a tremendous message. But then there's the if. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. That's the doctrine of perseverance. It's found in Hebrews chapter 1. I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 3. In Hebrews 3 and verse 1, the writer of Hebrews tells us who he's writing to. He's writing to holy brothers. He's writing to believers. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He identifies them as believers in Jesus Christ in the first verse. But in verses 12 through 14, he says, See you, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, and here's the doctrine of perseverance. If we hold firmly till the end, the confidence we had at first. We could cite dozens of other New Testament texts. Let's jump to the book of Revelation. Perseverance of the saints is one of the key themes of the, doc, of the book of Revelation. You'll find it all throughout the book. If you sat down and read Revelation, it takes about two hours, and you'd, you'd note all through that book this emphasis on persevering, persevering, because they were a persecuted people. He says, persevere, hang in there, don't give up, don't throw in the towel. In Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 13, the Apostle John writes, To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions. I know your poverty, yet you're rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Don't be afraid about what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days, but be faithful to the point of death. I'll give you the crown of life. That's the doctrine of perseverance. Only he who endures to the end shall be saved. And to the church at Smyrna, he says, be faithful even to the point of death. Even if it requires the taking of your life for being faithful to me, he who endures to the end will be saved. Well, you'll find it in other passages in Revelation. But... Another passage is James chapter 1 and verse 12. 
And James says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. We just saw the crown of life in Revelation chapter 2. He will receive the crown of life that God has promised to all who love Him. Who are those who love God? Well, if you read the New Testament, you find out it's another term for believers. It's another term for Christians. It's another term for the true disciples of Jesus Christ. You can't call yourself a Christian unless you can also say, I love God. In chapter 2 and verse 5 of the book of James, he talks again about those who love God. Referring to all believers. And what will those who love God receive? It says they will all receive the crown of life. You say, well, what is the crown of life? Well, isn't that something you wear on your head? You know, it's, in, in eternity you're going to have this crown. Of, no, it's not. Um, J.B. Mayer translates the verse really well. And, and you get a better idea of what he's talking about in this translation. He says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he is approved. Now, when are you going to be approved before God? It's at the judgment seat of Christ. That's when you are going to be finally approved. It says, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, the doctrine of perseverance, because when he is approved, and I'm going to add, at the judgment seat of Christ, he will receive the crown which consists of life eternal, which God has promised to those who love him. You see, the crown is not something you're going to wear. It's going to be something that you will experience throughout all of eternity. It's the gift of life eternal. And only he who perseveres in his faith will be saved. You may stumble. You may fall. But you don't turn away. You may greatly disappoint the Lord. You may greatly disappoint your spouse and kids and church. You may embarrassingly, embarrassingly sin big. But as you persevere in your faith, if you keep on trusting in the grace of God and Christ to forgive you and cleanse you, if you repent, if you keep on plotting, if you get up and keep on moving with Christ, in spite of your struggles, in spite of your doubts, in spite of your sin, in spite of your lapses, you don't give up. You don't give in. You don't drift away. You don't walk away. You'll be saved. Have you ever seen a Christian sin big? I have. And many times I've seen him get up in tears with repentance. 
They ask the forgiveness of God and they receive the forgiveness of God and they keep on going. It's not enough to start the race. You've got to finish the race as well. That's the doctrine of perseverance. Only he who continues and remains steadfast and follows Christ only he who believes and keeps on believing, only he who trusts and keeps on trusting, only he who can say, I love God. I really do. Only he who, when he stumbles, gets back up and keeps on walking with Jesus will be saved. Now, eternal life is not earned by perseverance. No one earns eternal life, but Perseverance verifies that our faith is genuine. We've got the real thing. We're not perfect. What was it Tim said just a moment ago? He looks at himself as a, what? Dirty, filthy rat. Dirty, filthy rat. And I sat there and I thought, my wife did not give birth to a dirty, <laughs> filthy rat. <laughs> but then I thought about it. Maybe she did. Because <laughs> all of us in the body of Christ, aren't there times when we feel that way? It's in, Lord, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Every day. A young man was the student body president at his Christian university. Um, his spiritual credentials, his spiritual pedigree was impeccable. Uh, he, he led an exemplary Christian life. He often shared his testimony at church. He was a spiritual leader in every way. and He graduated with a degree in business and he went out into the business world. And after a few years, he began to question his faith. And after a few more years, he not only questioned his faith, he walked away from his faith. He said, you know, Christians are just too politically narrow. If you don't mark your ballot a certain way on every issue, you're suspect. And I say to that, I agree. <laughs> I agree. He says, Christians are inconsistent. Christians are sometimes hip hypocritical. Sometimes they can be so hateful. Sometimes they're, they're guilty of gossip. To which I say, I agree. Sometimes Christians are very unlike Christ. But those can't be the only reasons why you renounced your faith. He said, no. He said, that ethical system taught by Jesus in the Gospels, it's too restrictive. It's not all-inclusive. The New Testament says if your lifestyle is this way, you're lost. If your lifestyle is this way, you're saved. And I know some people that they're more loving than some of the Christians I know. 
And I say to him, I agree with you in part. I agree with you that there are some people that I know are more loving than some Christians that I know, but are you saying that your ethical system, your value system is higher than the value system of Jesus? Are you saying that your ethical system, your moral system is right and the ethical and moral system of Jesus is wrong? The one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life is one who is self-deceived or an outright liar and you've become the judge of Jesus Christ in his kingdom ethics? I can't agree with you there. With his viewpoint of he is right and Jesus is wrong. Although he was once the poster boy of the young evangelicals on the college campus. Although he once professed faith in Christ and lived for Christ and testified of Christ. Will he be saved? Well, according to the doctrine of perseverance, the answer is no. No. Because only he who endures to the end will be saved. May God have mercy on him. May he repent. May he come back into the fold. But if he does not, See, the doctrine of perseverance is only he who endures to the end will be saved. Yeah, but, but you know, when my son was in kindergarten at the Christian school, and the teacher asked him to pray to receive Christ, and he received Christ, but then, when he got into high school, yeah, but, but when my brother was in high school, he lived for the Lord and, and he attended the fellowship of Christian athletes. But, but then when he went to college, yeah, but when my dad raised us, he raised us in a Christian home. He taught us the Bible. He prayed with us. He took us to church. But, but later in his life, he... But my pastor preached such great messages from the Word of God. And the church grew and people were saved. But all of a sudden, we don't know why, he completely turned away from the faith. Yeah, but, but my wife, I prayed for her for years. And, and finally she came to faith in Jesus. But now she doesn't want anything to do with the Lord. What about all those scenarios? Only he who believes and continues to believe. Only he who trusts and continues to trust. Only he who endures to the end will be saved. Max Licato was a, a missionary to Brazil where Portuguese is the national language. And he said that uh, the Portuguese say that a person has the ability to hang in there and not give up has a gara, and gara means claws. Claws which burrow into the side of a cliff, keep them from falling. And Max Licato writes, and so do the saved. They may get close to the edge, they may even stumble and slide, 
but they will dig their nails into the rock of God and they'll hang on. I've been told that the during the filming of Ben-Hur, writes Max Licato, Charles and Heston had trouble learning to drive a chariot. With much practice, he was finally able to control the vehicle, but he still had some doubts. He reportedly explained his concerns to the director, Cecil B. DeMille, by saying, I think I can drive that chariot, but I'm not sure I can win the race. To which DeMille responded, you just stay in the race. I'll make sure you win. And the Cato continues, Jesus gives you the same assurance. You stay in the race. And he'll make sure you get home. That's the doctrine of perseverance. Before we close, listen to this song. Still to Jesus I hold as I face. 
perseveres under trial. Perseveres is in the present tense, means continue. Keeps on persevering. Because when he has stood the test, when he's approved, he will receive the crown, which is the life eternal, which God has promised to those who love him. The doctrine of perseverance in the book of James. Father, um, all of us, at one time or another, stumble or fall. We disappoint ourselves, mostly we disappoint you. We thank you that there is forgiveness in the blood of Jesus Christ. And we thank you that if we get up and keep on moving, if we finish the race, if we persevere in our faith, we display to others that we are the real children of God. Not because of our perfection, but because of our perseverance. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.